Hello. Hello. My hair is being wild because I didn't do anything to it today. So fluffy. I like it. Thanks. If you're on the YouTube, you can see Kara's hair right now and you can tell her it looks amazing. Thanks. It's just so fluffy. You guys, I don't know how often, if I've said this in a while, but remember, if you're watching the YouTube video, the thing about the YouTube video is that it's never edited. Um, we get weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, if you're listening to us on here and you're like, man, they're crazy. It's okay. We do an edited, more polished version that goes on the podcast yeah, so if feed wherever you listen to the podcast. This madness, just hop over just to the listening part Whatever of you it. like. Okay. Hi. Hi. <laughs> this episode, I of originally- Of Witches, Magic, Murder, and Mystery Podcast. Perfect. That's what this is. Yeah. I'm Megan. I'm Kara. <laughs> um, this story I'm about to tell you, I originally started researching it as a Patreon episode. Yes. And then the more I got into it, I was just like, the world needs to know. I don't want to. Yeah. Uh, now I do love finding like extra crazy stories for the Patreon. Cause I'm like, you guys are subscribing. Yeah. We want to make sure you get what you're paying for. Yeah. I mean, it's not that we know that we're enough, but you know, <laughs> but also it's just this story. The more I got into it, I was like, man, I need, I need everyone to hear this one. Yes. It can't be just Patreon only. So oh, gosh, it is just something to, to talk about. Okay. <laughs> Before we get into that, I would like to say we're going to, you're going to hear us say this a lot. Yes. These are our opinions. Right. Our personal opinions. Nothing is professional. And it, it is all <laughs> because we are not professionals. We are not journalists. And um, these opinions are based on the facts that are publicly available. And we will share every link that we get an article from in our show notes. Indeed. Are you ready? I think so. Michelle Von Imster mm-hmm. grew up in San Carlos, California, okay. which is like right outside of San Francisco. Yes. She had four Don't sisters. Ask me how I know that. Not, I sure didn't. I, yeah. She had four sisters. Okay. Which I cannot. I had one brother, and I don't think I realized what life with a sister would be like mm. until I had, now I have two daughters and I see that. And my mom had a sister. And so there was part of me that was always like, man, it must be great to like have another girl that you're just so close with. Yeah. And I'm sure sometimes it is. Yeah. But also, man, I'm glad I had a brother. I'm man, so glad I had a brother. <laughs> man, I have two brothers and two younger sisters. And yeah. 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 Uh-huh. I think it would be tough. Life. Well, <laughs> I mean, I have, like I said, I have two daughters and between the three yeah, of us, same. it is a lot of hormones. Yeah. Yeah, same. So, and I think our kids are somewhat similar distance in age. Yeah. So anyway, so Michelle grew up with four sisters and Ooh. she went to an all girls high school and graduated from high school in 1986. From there, she went to college for a couple years, but her college career was cut short because while she was a student in her second year there, she was diagnosed with cancer. Oh no. There were like conflicting reports about what type of cancer it was, but regardless, she beat cancer a year later. So that was amazing. Yeah. And so after she got the like all clear on cancer, she kind of like moved, she didn't go back to college. She moved around and did stuff. Okay. I don't know. She was like, I'm living life to the fullest. Yeah. I mean, I I suspect that could be it, but I don't know. That's just our opinions. Okay. She moved out to San Diego and she rented a house in Loma Portal. Oh, I don't know why I said Portal. Portal. Which is known for its beautiful views overlooking the San Diego Bay. Oh, I bet it is beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think anything on the San Diego Bay would be gorgeous. Yeah. She stayed there for a bit and then it seemed like she sort of moved around a lot, taking rooms in like various houses. And from the so way- like an Airbnb? Well, just like she'd move out of this house and then she'd go rent a room here. The way it was described, it sounds like she sort of downgraded each time she moved. Oh, okay. Which, you know, it doesn't explain why, but who knows? I mean, she was working um, 
what's the what's the minimum minimum wage? <laughs> she was working minimum wage jobs to make the what's um, the minimum what's the minimum wage? What's that called? Minimum wage. What minimum wage is called not ever enough to live on for yeah. or anybody. Yeah. She not the cost of living. No. <laughs> so she moved around a lot and she ended up living in Ocean Beach, which is an area that residents describe as bohemian, but also had a pretty high crime rate, at okay. least at that time. Okay. Part of the town where she lived there was known as the war zone. Oh. Which sounds super chill and homey. I love it. Yeah. So Michelle, <laughs> the war zone, the who war wants zone. to go there? She really, really loved the ocean. Okay. They said that she meditated there every day. She was described as a free spirit, which is just my favorite kind of person. Yes. I love those people. Okay. So it's April 14th, 1994. Michelle is 25 years old and she and her roommate, whose name is Coco Campbell. Oh, amazing. Amazing. They were going to a Pink Floyd concert. <gasps> How fun. I know. I love it. But (laughs) when Michelle and Coco get to the stadium for the concert, it turns out they bought the wrong tickets. So they wouldn't, they couldn't get in. I would like to do a whole side piece episode on the mystery of how they got the wrong tickets. How does that work? I don't know. And then they didn't realize they got the wrong tickets. So they got there, which makes me think they were scammed. Yeah. That is my opinion. Not based on fact. Not based on fact. Okay. Not factual (laughs) information. So now they're you know, disappointed. They were all pumped for this concert and it was going to be a great night. And all of a sudden, nope. They're like, ma'am, this is a QR code off of a cereal box. (laughs) Yeah. Where do you think you're going? I can't take that. So they get in the car to head back to their house in Ocean Beach. And on the way, Michelle turns to Coco and is like, hey, drop me off at the pier, which was like six blocks from where they lived. Coco dropped her off and that's around 8 p.m. Michelle walks away from the car. She's wearing a green trench coat and she's carrying a purse and she doesn't come home that night. That's That's the last time that anyone sees Michelle alive. Oh. The very next day, there were a bunch of seagulls swarming an area near the ocean. Oh, gosh. uh, Yeah, I know. Oh, gosh. At Sunset Cliffs Natural Park and Beach in San Diego. There were a couple of surfers who saw this and they go to investigate. And that's where they discover the naked, lifeless body of Michelle Von Emster. Floating in the water, her eyes wide open. Oh. Yeah. According to the medical examiner, Michelle had not been in the water long when the surfers found her. Um, There wasn't a lot of, like, wrinkling to her skin. So that's kind of how they came up with that. She had large wounds on her body, which were described as tearing-type wounds with missing tissue. Oh. And her right leg was missing below the thigh. What? Yeah. Although initially her cause of death was listed as unknown, people were like... It's a shark attack. They're like, she's died. It looks like a shark attack. So they so, thought the shark took her leg. Yeah. They, they, it looks like a shark attack, which I guess it would be. She's floating in the ocean. Yeah. Her leg is missing. And then there's big tearing Torn. wounds yeah. with tissue taken from her body. An autopsy <laughs> was performed on Michelle's body. And according to that report, her neck, ribs, and pelvis were all broken. <gasps> and she had various scrapes and contusions on her face and torso. There, this is, I don't like to talk about this, but we're going to have to talk about it a lot because it's an important, confusing detail. Okay. Okay. There was sand in her lungs, mouth, throat, and stomach, which indicated that she had been alive at the time that her injuries were inflicted. Sand in her, in her. So she was probably drunk on her face on the beach by a shark. He grew feet. (laughs) Listen, Megan, 
Listen, <laughs> he walked had, up he out of the water. <laughs> no, I'm not laughing at what's happened to her. I'm just laughing at you, okay? Because I'm funny. Kara's hilarious. Um, the doctor who performed the autopsy ruled that Michelle had gone into the water around midnight, possibly like for a night swim, and it had been attacked by a great white shark. I mean, it is possible for sharks. I, I don't know if it's reef sharks or what they are, but they swim to like Charleston area and give birth to their pup. I think they're called pups. Like on this sandbar with within feet of like people out of the water and walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they squat. Within, yeah, they squat, <laughs> push it out. But within feet of people, like playing, yeah, on the ocean. So what if, like, she was in the water and a shark swam up, drug her, and there was a sandbar? Yeah. Mm. Well, we'll we'll get into more of these. Okay. okay. But so <laughs> he said she had gone in for a midnight swim and had been attacked by a great white shark. And that attack is what killed her. And then once she was dead, blue sharks, which are smaller, had scavenged on her body. Oh. Um, and all of that makes sense. Like when you read about the state of her body and where it was found yeah. and then you know how much she loved water. Yeah. I can imagine a scenario where like she's bummed about the concert. Right. And, you know, she loves the ocean. So maybe she's just like, I'm going to go. Yeah. And like the oceans and like reset yes. me, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I feel that way. Oh, I feel the same about, about the water. water. Yeah, oh, like it'll just that. not necessarily. I don't want to get in it, but I just love looking at. Oh no, I wanna, yeah. Another thing is when I was a kid, I think I might have talked about this before, but when I was little, my brother had like a full set of encyclopedias, and I, for whatever reason, like I loved like picking them out. Yes. And I had a particular fondness for the S encyclopedia. Do kids know what encyclopedias are? Do you? It would be like if Google was a book. Basically, <laughs> thinking that they may not know. I know because they don't have to use them. Yeah, but probably you know, right? Well, so like if Google was a book, it would be a huge yeah. book, right? Yeah. So instead of it being one big book, it was every letter. Of the right. Alphabet. There was one book. There were twenty six books, one yeah. for each letter of the alphabet, and then so the A book would have like all kinds of things that started with A. Yeah. Not a dictionary. <laughs> no. It was like articles, you know. Yes. Like in depth explanations. It was like Wikipedia. But yeah, like factual things. Though. How do you describe an encyclopedia? It's weird. Yeah. I should ask my daughter if she, what she thinks about this. Yes. So anyway, the S encyclopedia, which was my favorite and I would carry it around everywhere, uh-huh. had a whole section on sharks. Oh. And I remember being a kid and reading about the great white shark. Yeah. And it became like one of my biggest fears. My dad helped work on the bridges that connect the Florida Keys. And so I can remember like we would go, he because he spent so much time down there, he oh, had yeah, a you'd blood for the, for the keys. Yeah. So we go down there and I would just think about this whole great white shark thing. Yeah. And it's another one of these things that I think I was entirely too afraid of as a kid. Right. Like quicksand, like where yeah. you think it's a bigger threat to your life than it actually it's is. It's like me at 34 thinking that I'm going to be eaten by giant catfish in the lake. No, that's a completely normal valid fear. Concern. That makes sense. Okay. In my opinion. I validate your concerns. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much. <laughs> My therapist would be very happy. <laughs> so anyway, I think I spent a lot of time being anxious about being attacked by a great white shark. Yeah. But as I've gotten older, I've learned it's actually not all that common. So I looked it up specifically in San Diego. And this is as of today, which may be, I'm sorry, as of yesterday, August 24th, <laughs> 2021. 34 shark Statistically, <laughs> there have been a total of 17 shark attacks in all of San Diego County since 1926. So shark attacks in San Diego oh. are pretty rare. Even though sharks are common in the area, they don't necessarily attack that often. Yeah. And it is believed that five to ten species of shark are present within a mile of the shore. 
And I also saw an article article that was like from 2020 or something that talked about like a adolescent great white shark mm-hmm. being kind of off the coast. Oh yeah. So I mean, it's not that it's completely Isn't out of the realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. It's just that it's unlikely. Right. Okay. 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 So an important thing to note in Michelle's case is that the doctor who performed her autopsy had never conducted an autopsy on a shark attack victim before. However, it's not like he just, you know, yeah, winged it. Right. Like he contacted experts at the nearby Scripps Institute of Oceano- Oceanography mm-hmm. in order to gain more information about shark attack victims. And they gave him information. They answered all his questions, but they never actually saw the body oh, themselves. He didn't like, oh, I guess he can't like see I mean, who knows, right, what the rules are. And it's maybe so exploitive. Yeah. Know. HIPAA. Right. As it turns out, there are people who disagree with the autopsy's findings. For one, when he said she must have gone for a midnight swim. Right. The air temperature was 57 degrees and the water temperature was 59 degrees at the time oh. that Michelle supposedly went into the water, which is pretty cold for a swim. Yeah. And she was wearing a trench coat. So you know that right. she also thought it was cold yeah. outside. Right. Yeah. Unless that was just a fashion choice. Right. Which I support. Yes. And I mean, they were going to a concert. She was trying to look cute. Yeah. And what's too cold for a swim is fairly subjective. Yeah. I and mean, she was a free spirit. So he really knows. Right. But even if you like. Don't worry about that part. Mm -hmm. There are people that think her injuries don't necessarily point to a shark attack. So there's this one expert. His name's Ralph Collier. And he's viewed Michelle's remains. And I assume this means he's viewed photographs of her remains. Right. He stated that the young woman could not have been attacked by a great white shark. He said that when a great white shark bites off part of a limb, it's a very clean, straight edge cut. He said it looks, you would think a table saw had just... Oh, um, that's the thing I remember from the encyclopedia. They have rows and rows and rows of very right. sharp teeth. And that guys. strength that mm. comes with it. Michelle's femur, where her thigh was cut, was not a clean cut. Instead, the end of her bone came to a point. Oh. It's as if someone had whittled the end of the teeth. <gasps> you know what I mean? Yeah. Ooh. Right. And so when he spoke about this to the San Diego Union Tribune, 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 <laughs> Tribune. He said, this type of injury is caused when a bone is twisted under great force. I've never looked. No, I have looked at close to 100 photos of cases that I've reviewed over the years, and I've never seen bones that come to a point for a great white shark attack. Oh, my gosh. One possible explanation, like for the end of her bone to be so pointed, it could be caused by like multiple separate cuts over and over, hacking away a little at a time. You know what I mean? Whittling it to a point, which will... Come back to that later. So just file it away in your brain. Ooh, I'm trying not I'm to. sorry. <laughs> I'm trying not to. This is the Witches Magic Murder and Mystery Podcast. Sometimes we talk about terrible things. <laughs> if you need a palate cleanser, go listen to uh, Biddy Early. And, oh, who was the one we just most recently did? Who we love? Grace Sherwood. Yes. Or Kate Warren. Oh, Kate Warren. That's such a good one, too. Yes. Okay, so if we go follow the great white shark theory, the idea is that the shark bit through her leg and dragged her down to the bottom of the ocean where she inhaled all that sand. (laughs) Well, that's what they do, right? They take you and they pull you under. But Collier makes the point that if the shark had bit through her thigh, it would have severed her femoral artery. Well, she would have bled out almost immediately. Like she would have been dead before she could inhale, which means there wouldn't have been all that sand. There would have been more water. Right. And just to talk a little bit more about the sand issue... Even though it's it's really like the part of this that I hate to even think yeah. about. Like, it's just so awful. But because of where the sand was in her body, she had to have inhaled it. It's not like right. she got 
shoved into the sand and it wound up in her mouth. Yeah. It was, it was all the way down into her lungs. Like she breathed it in. And when people drown, that's not a typical thing that happens. They right. don't inhale sand because it's not up it, here in the water. Yeah. She had to have like, she got a, like a mouthful of sand. Yeah. A big, deep mouthful of sand. Yeah. That's weird. Uh, 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 uh. So whatever happened here, it appears that Michelle's face was shoved into the sand and she took a deep breath. And that isn't shark behavior. Even if we're going to say a great, a great white shark dragged her down to the bottom of the ocean, it didn't drag her down and then shove and her grab face. grab its fin and just. Right. Yeah. And just so we know, this Ralph Collier, this shark expert, he's an internationally recognized authority on Pacific Coast white shark behavior and ecology and the author of the book, Shark Attacks of the 20th Century from the Pacific Coast of North America. So he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, he is a shark expert. (laughs) And then there is, you know, I mentioned earlier that the medical examiner had reached out to the Scripps Institute for Oceanography. Okay. So Richard Rosenblatt, chairman of the Scripps Institute, isn't it though, for oceanography, also disagrees with the autopsy's official findings. Oh. After receiving the measurements of Michelle's wounds, Rosenblatt stated, none of the marks on Michelle's body were caused by a great white shark. If she had been bitten by a white shark, they most likely would have found a great white tooth broken off into her body. Oh. There were no shark teeth at all found in her body. This was not great white shark behavior to hunt at night, he explains. These kind of sharks have light-activated retinas. So they come up from the bottom and aim at the silhouette that is Uh, highlighted by the sunlight. That's why people get mistaken for seals. I personally have just made the decision that from now on, I'm only swimming at night. Yeah. Except for those reef sharks. In the Pacific. Dang it, Kara. (laughs) I personally have just made the decision that I'm never getting in the ocean again. Yeah. When we go down to St. Pete. Um, which is St. Pete, Florida. We go there every year. We try to. And the last couple of times we've been there, like we just swim off the shore mm-hmm. and a manatee swim like right by us, oh, which I love. I love them. And then I inevitably think there's larger creatures if, behind it. Right. If a manatee can be in this shallow water, what else is here? I can't help but ruin. My brain ruins everything. You guys. Yep. So additionally, Rosenblatt, the chairman <laughs> at the Scripps Institute, he said, if a shark had taken her leg, it could only have been taken by a great white shark. No other shark would be capable of doing this. So if we're saying she was killed by a shark attack in the way that is described in the autopsy report, biting off her leg, dragging her down to the bottom of the ocean, where she'd eventually die from blood loss and drowning, the only shark capable of that is the great white shark. But according to this guy, there's no way it was a great white shark. Like nothing else about it. Yeah. None of the actual physical indicators Matches point to habits. this, right. which seems pretty cut and dry. Like both things can't be true. Yeah. If we believe his opinion, he's an expert. Mm-hmm. She could not have died as a result of a great white shark attack. Yeah. Everyone seems fairly certain about the second part of the autopsy's findings, though. The part where the doctor said the blue sharks fed on her body after she was dead. Ugh. I'm sorry. I know. Nobody argues about that part. There are bite marks. It all matches up. And there's okay. no evidence that Michelle was alive. When that happened. When those, when that part happened. Okay. In fact, her autopsy findings were re-examined in 2008. And at that time, the new medical examiner concluded that she was for sure dead at the time that the blue sharks found her. Okay. For what it's worth, Michelle's death is not listed as a fatality with any of the accredited records keeping institutions like the Shark Research Committee or the International Shark Attack File. Oh. Which leads us to... Yeah. If it's not... A shark attack that killed her. Something killed her yeah. before the blue sharks got to her. Yeah. Like, we know she was dead 
before the blue sharks found her. Why why are you taking a limb? So how did she die? Right. It's not an easy thing. Is that to a just, souvenir? That question of how she died remains unanswered to this day. I want to say real quick, there's this really great, very in-depth article about this whole thing in the San Diego Reader by Dave Good. He did like a two-year investigation and he gave a really comprehensive account with lots of interviews that knew Michelle personally, as well as like different medical examiners and other experts. And so like sometimes when you're doing information, you know how you'll find like one amazing article and you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. That's how I felt about this to the point that like we always cite our sources in the notes, but dang, just go read it. It's so good. I couldn't go into all the details. It would just make this too long, but yeah, so good. She has some really violent injuries. Remember like, right. I can believe the scrapes and contusions yeah. are just from being in the water yeah, yeah. and being like against rocks or something, but she had a broken neck, broken pelvis, right. broken ribs. Okay. So there are a lot of theories. One is that she either jumped or fell from the cliffs. Remember how she's at this, the sunset oh, cliffs she had her friend dropped her off. Yeah. So she either jumped or fell from those cliffs and died. And then the blue sharks got her fed on her body. So apparently the cliffs had some dangerous areas and like there had been, cases before this where people had fallen could she have like hit her leg it snapped and fallen off could that have been a thing (laughs) to be completely cut off that i don't i don't know i don't it seems unlikely but yeah another is that she went for that midnight swim just like the original medical examiner said but rather than being attacked by a great white maybe she was um got caught up in a riptide oh yeah and then was like kind of violently in stormy water and then again the blue sharks fed on her i don't want to say that anymore yeah but where's the leg well i don't know that's the thing about this. Th- both of these theories don't really explain the leg yeah. part. I'm not going to keep saying that the blue sharks fed on her. Guys, we know the blue sharks are there. That part's not contested. Just go ahead and assume it's there. I don't want to say it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't want to talk about it. And then there are a couple of murder theories, okay. of course. Okay. So one thing that people who think she was murdered point to is that, remember how I said she was carrying a purse? Yes. That purse was found two miles from where they found her body. And it was just laying on the beach out in the open. And it was a really busy stretch of beach. So it wasn't like the ocean washed it up like the shore. Just no. And it wasn't up on the cliffs or anything like that. It was just out there in the open on the stretch of beach where anybody could see it. And it still had money and stuff in it. So that article I just told you that was so great. He had talked to a private investigator and the private investigator was like, look, nobody that that money in that purse. Yeah. Wouldn't just be there if that purse had been there for hours. Right. So it couldn't have been there very long. Yes. Um, and if you believe that, it kind of gives the idea that someone took the purse and then maybe mm-hmm. discarded it. Yeah. But not to rob her, you know, like yeah. discarded it so that it wouldn't be found on them. Yes. Or maybe so it would kind of muddy the waters. Right. That's, Why is it found up here? I don't want to say muddy the waters. Uh, it would <laughs> confuse things further. Confuse. Better. Oh, no. Better. Uh, yeah. Because it's like miles up there. So. Right. Her body's over here. What's happening? And then neither her coat nor any of her clothes have ever turned up. Oh. Which there was one article I read that was like, there's just no reason for her to be naked. And I'm like, well, if she went for a swim, she could have taken off her clothes. But then where are they? If she took them off and left them somewhere. Why aren't they on the sand? Why aren't they with her purse? I mean, I guess somebody could have stolen her clothes. Yeah. I don't know. But it is odd. But why would you steal the clothes and not the purse with the money in it? Like if she left that all there in that pile and swam in the direction that she was found, mm-hmm. why aren't the clothes left there? And right. And then just going along with things that point to murder because <laughs> of the sand being all in her lungs, it right. makes it like someone held her head down yeah. into the water, yeah. possibly shoving her face in the sand. And so she like 
breathed in the sand right. during the struggle. Yeah. Michelle used to work at a coffee shop. Huh. Oh. Get your coffee at Coffee at Okanagan. Yes. We won't send you to the ocean. <laughs> she <laughs> had mentioned to a few people that she was being stalked there by a man who drove a motorcycle. And we don't oh. know anything else about him. We don't even know his name. He was just referred to as a workplace stalker. And I don't know if that means he worked there or if he was a customer associated with the shop, but I assume it's the latter. Oh. I think if he worked there, we'd know his name. Yeah. She then went on to work at an office supply store. And that's the thing is like when she got that job, she told people the reason she left the coffee shop was because right. she thought she was being stalked. Right. And her manager at the office supply store is actually the person who, when there started being on the news, like there's been this body of a woman. Yeah. She had a butterfly on tattoo on her shoulder. Uh-huh. And so when they were like, we've, there's a body, unidentified body. It has this tattoo. And the boss was like, oh, I think that's Michelle. And she oh, hadn't shown no. up for work in a couple of days or something. Yeah. So she is actually the woman who identified the body. That manager also said that a strange man had come into the office supply store after Michelle had died and made a bunch of copies of Michelle's autopsy report oh. after the investigation had concluded. Oh. And that man, whoever that was, drove a motorcycle, which may have nothing to do with anything. Right. But still... How did he, do you just, can you just get a copy of, I mean, I guess it's public record. Yeah. I or guess it could be redacted a, or something. Closed, I don't, I really don't know. I don't, works. I don't know either. But anyway, he had copies of it. He went into the office supply store where she used to work and made yeah. a bunch of copies of her autopsy report. Oof. So that's one very vague suspect. Um, yeah. There's also a man named Edwin Decker. He and Michelle were coworkers and they had gone on a date the night before Michelle and Coco went to the Pink Floyd concert. So like. Literally just before she died. It's always that. Yeah. yeah. And then after the date, he's like waiting to see if she's going to call or yeah. if they're going to talk. And, you know, she never did. He's and he's like, thinking oh, she's, she's not interested. And then he heard about a body being found in the water. And he, Edwin was a writer and he wrote articles about this and everything. And you can tell by the way he talks about her that he really liked her, which could either be very sweet and touching yeah. and non-threatening or it could be psychotic. Right. And like obsessive. he was really interested and she wasn't. That's yeah. the weird thing about being a woman. When a man finds you attractive, it could be great. It could or also it could be, be deadly. I mean, it's the fun. It's so fun. It's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> One thing about Michelle. Oh, I already told you she had this butterfly tattoo. And so when Edwin heard and realized it was her, he wrote a poem. Oh, oh no. Ah, oh, dang it. Well, I don't Edwin. know. It depends. Edwin. Okay. All right. Read me the poem. The report said there was a tattoo. This is the poem. The report said there was a tattoo, a butterfly on her shoulder, which I remembered that night on my couch when I, like the shark, chewed on her lips and took off her shirt. What are you doing? What are you doing? It's morbid. Sir. <laughs> sir. Sir. I don't, I don't know how judgy to be about it. Cause like you guys know I'm a writer. If you're a person who loves to write, then does he though? <laughs> well, he is a writer and a poet, apparently. I think he regularly publishes. And that's the thing. He put this online. I'm like, dude, uh-huh. I get that maybe this is how you're working through things, but maybe you don't need to put it out there. Don't do that. Um, write it on your bathroom mirror. I mean, for me, seriously, like all, I don't write poetry very often. When I write poetry, it is because I am going through something. Like all of my poetry yeah. is depressing and no one should ever be allowed to read it. It's awful. But it's like, I use Petro. Petroetry? Petroleum. <laughs> I use poetry specifically 
to like process emotions and yeah. work through things. Um, and no, I don't ever put it out there for people to see because for me, it's like a little therapy thing. And this was clearly a traumatic event for him. Right. Let's not compare ourselves to sharks. I'm just not sure I would have published it online. No. It may be nothing though. Maybe he just is going through it. Chewed on her lips. God. I mean, some people think you and I are weird and morbid for having this podcast, right? So, yeah. Uh, the shark took her shirt off. He just said, well, (laughs) with his little. (laughs) You should watch the YouTube video just for Karen's impression of a shark (laughs) taking off clothes. (laughs) All right. So. Uh-huh. Even mm-hmm. if we throw that out of the mix, if we right. say, like, it was a misjudgment mm. and not even a great poem, Edwin, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, there's we, one more weird thing we that people bring up. Going through it. We do. We do. He told people that Michelle, he was like, yeah, she's great. She's a free spirit. She likes to surf naked. Mm. Which no one else seems to, like, corroborate. Oh. Like, there's no evidence that that's true. And but then it's also like a weird thing to make up. Yeah. But but the the talk is like, well, did he make that up so there'd be an explanation for why she was naked? Yeah. But also was it a nude beach? Because I mean, no. would she not be in trouble every now and then for surfing naked? 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 I don't know. She's a free spirit. She is. She does what she wants. So, I I don't really even know how much I care about that. Like she may have surfed naked and it's just not a thing that was like really widely known. Like who yeah, knows? Or that's maybe a hard she did thing to prove or disprove. Or maybe she just said she did cuz she was just like wanting to give yeah. off that like I'm free and yeah, you know. This is what I love to do. Exactly. While we're talking about Edwin, remember how I said that a medical examiner had re-examined her autopsy report yes. in 2008? Yeah, okay. Edwin was part of the reason that happened. He oh. and another journalist Worked together to get Dr. Glenn Wagner, the San Diego medical examiner in 2008, to reopen Michelle's case. They wrote, Dear Dr. Wagner, we are writing to ask you to take another look at the accidental death finding in the case of Michelle Von Emster. We are writers with special interests in her case. One of us dated Michelle briefly before her death, and the other investigated the case for a story published in Boating Magazine in 1994. We believe the previous coroner's conclusions may have been biased because others in the community rushed to judgment about this being a white shark attack. So the idea that like the people who oh, initially found her were like, yeah. it's a shark attack. And so he's like, well, okay, it's a shark attack. If you yeah. go in already with that in your head. Yeah. You're like looking for easier to the point things to that would point, oh, this was a shark. This was a shark. So it's all a shark. You accidentally bias your yeah. investigation. Dr. Wagner did reopen it and re-examine it and he did say there were like some oddities about the conclusions in the report like how a broken neck pelvis and ribs aren't yeah necessarily indicative of a shark attack yeah it wasn't enough for him to change her death certificate or officially reopen the investigation okay he's like yeah you're right it's weird but like in the long run i think i still think it's right and i think it would be difficult Kind of in the same way that I think for police officers to question past police officers work. Yeah. For a medical examiner to just say this old medical examiner who maybe had been my mentor wrong, completely yeah. wrong. It's yeah. hard. It's a hard thing to do. Yeah. Um, even if we don't have either of those suspects, like the vague stalker who may or may not have existed and Edwin, who could just be love lost. Yeah. Who. Just wrote a strange poem. Yeah. Remember how she lived in kind of a sketchy area that people yeah. called the war zone. So that lends itself to like, it's possible she just got herself into trouble right. or stumbled onto a situation right. accidentally or yeah. 
something that got her killed and then her body was dumped in the cliffs. Yeah. Which still doesn't explain the leg thing. Right. Where's the leg? The leg thing is what's the weirdest part. Right? Um, I don't. <laughs> yeah. How? There's also the possibility there's just the complete unknown. Was she, did she do any drugs mm-hmm. at the concert? I didn't see any talk of it, but right. she was going to a concert and she was a free spirit. Maybe yeah. she did some kind of drugs. Yeah. Or maybe after she got dropped off by Coco, she did some kind of drugs and that could have put her in some sort of state to do something yeah. illogical yeah. that we can't predict, you know? Also, could she have gone swimming and been hit by a boat? Because remember that, um, the thing about the bone being in a point? Yes. And it's like, that could have been caused by being repeatedly cut. So a propeller. A boat propeller. Could, mm. you know, if it's just cutting it? Yeah. I don't know. Ooh. But it also seems like it would have cut up more than just that part. Right. Ooh, ooh. So, ooh. according to the Wikipedia entry about Michelle, after the investigation, the family knows the true cause of death and has chosen to keep the details private. However, there's no citation for that sentence. And it says, citation needed. We don't know oh. where that came from. Oh. And so, I don't know... Who put that in? How much we can believe it when we don't know where that came from. Right. And it's Wikipedia. So. Yeah. So that's it. We still don't know. And I don't know. Like, I agree. If there's experts in Great White Sharks who are like this, that could not have been. Yeah, no, that's not. Then I trust that. Characteristics of that shark. And it's not just one expert. Yeah. But also, then then how did her leg get chopped off? It's weird. And if someone murdered her and dumped her body... Then they got very lucky that it, that the leg got taken right. off. You know what yeah. I mean? Or did, I mean, if they staged the leg part, that is extreme. To make it look like a shark attack. Right. That's extreme. Yeah. So that's it. We still don't really know. No clue. Um, how she died. And if, if it was indeed some type of shark attack. It's just attack. so weird that someone was making copies of the autopsy report. What are you doing with those? But also maybe it was somebody who was just doing an investigation. And it's like, just because he drove a motorcycle and this stalker that she mentioned drove a motorcycle. Yeah. Lots of motorcycles in the world. Those could be two completely yeah. unrelated events. So strange. So strange. <laughs> that is our episode. That's today. it. That's it. Let's see. This episode, I have to look at my calendar real quick oh because gosh, I want yes. to tell you things. The day this episode is coming oh, out yes, yeah. is going to be September 10th. Yes. So that means that last Thursday, if you're on the Patreon, you got a brand new episode. Yeah. And next Thursday mm-hmm. will be our video. <laughs> so sometime before our next full episode, you're going to get the Patreon video for the month, which yes. we're still working on. And we're yeah. really excited. The videos are so fun. We're so funny. Yeah. <laughs> We really entertain ourselves. Thank you guys so much for listening and yeah, enjoying us with us. Yeah, we love you so much. Yeah, you're the best. If you yeah. have anything you want to tell us, you can find us on Instagram at yep. Witches Magic Murder Mystery. Gmail, Witches Magic Murder Mystery, gmail.com. And you can find our Facebook group, which is Witches Magic Murder and, and Mystery Podcast Discussion Group. Yes. It is so fun. We talk about any true crime stuff we can come up with, but we also just talk about other things and have a good time. Oh, yeah. There, and so. everybody, I mean, feel free to just like randomly post in there. Some we of the most it. hilarious people in that group. I love yes. that. And so smart. I yeah. just love it. So you all are incredible. We'd love to have you there. You just have to answer the three security questions you have, literally for us to let you to. in the group. We will not let you in if you don't answer them. We're sticklers. We really are. We're moms. We are. And I'm a former teacher. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. We love you guys. Hey, we do. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.